When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, this is Thomas Chandler, your local Modern Woodman representative. Give me a call today at 662-296-0186. Let's make a difference together. Hotty toddy and go Rebs. You're listening to Talk of Champions, an Ole Miss spirit podcast with Ben Garrett and David Johnson. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit. Ben on Twitter. He's David Johnson at Rebels247. We both write for the Ole Spirit, OMSpirit.com. That's an affiliate of 247 Sports. If you haven't already, please subscribe, rate, review Talk of Champions in iTunes. But if you search Talk of Champions in iTunes, you might see that the page is a little different. That's because we're no longer available on Rebel Sports Radio. So the library that we had previously, well, it's no longer there. But I'm working to rebuild the library, at least with some of the best interviews in Talk of Champions history. And I should have that done within the next couple of days. I'm going to work hard on it today, so maybe even by the end of today. But don't worry. If you get to Talk of Champions in iTunes and the page looks a little different, you're still in the right place I'm working to rebuild the library. Today's edition of Talk of Champions is available in iTunes right now, so make sure you check it out. But always, you can find it on the Ole Miss Spirit, OMSpirit.com, as well as now on SoundCloud, simply by searching Talk of Champions. David, it's been a while, man. How you doing? Well, we're closing out 2018 today on this New Year's Eve and uh, moving into a, a new and, a, and hopefully a, a much more uh, fruitful and exciting year of Ole Miss sports. So I'm I'm real good. I, I am good. And uh, I'm anxious to hear about your plan to build a better bin in 2019. My New Year's resolutions are two things. One, health, be better, eat better, work out more. And two, no longer engage with Twitter trolls. That's my biggest two resolutions. What is your New Year's resolution, David Johnson? I just want to be better in everything, man. I want to wake up every morning and be a little bit better than I was the day before. Now, at my age, at 47, that that, that may be difficult to do. But, uh, but that's the goal right there. And uh, I'm going to have more fun. How about that? I'm going okay. to have more fun. I'm going to have more fun in what I do for a living. I'm going to have more fun with my children. I'm going to have more fun with my wife. We're going to uh, we're going to do some traveling. I was fixing to say this could get dangerous here. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not not maybe maybe more fun there too. Oh well, that, God, that, that that's up to her. But uh, but. I'm going to have more fun. That, that's it. I mean, I'm 47. I don't know. Uh, you, know you know, who knows how many more years you have left on planet Earth. So uh, I'm going to have fun. I'm not going to let the little things aggravate me. Uh, kind of much like your your vow uh, to step back from Twitter a little bit. I'm just going to have more fun, Ben. Two minutes in, and this podcast is already off the rails, but that's the way it's supposed to be. Today's guest on Talk of Champions is Ronnie Hamilton, Ole Miss men's basketball assistant coach. Ole Miss basketball is 10-2, following a win over Florida Gulf Coast on Saturday. They open SEC play Saturday at Vanderbilt. So Ronnie's going to come on in just a little bit to discuss Ole Miss basketball, every single avenue and area, and how they can get better. The podcast brought to you by El Agave Mexican Grill. What better way? 
to ring in the new year than with the best Tex-Mex in town. And if you live in Oxford or New Albany, your stop is El Agave Mexican Grill for the best food, drinks, and atmosphere. At El Agave, there's top-shelf Mexican food in a cantina at both locations. And with a warm and inviting atmosphere, you and your family can make yourself at home. It's the best Mexican food around that starts with high-quality ingredients and careful preparation. The kitchen gets busy early every morning because El Agave starts from scratch every day, making fresh salsa, boiling chilies for their homemade red and green chili dishes, slow cooking their lean cuts of beef and pork, and then pouring the broth off into their homemade sauces. There's nothing like having a full house of folks over for a great Mexican fiesta, so come over to El Agave in Oxford and or New Albany, 2305 West Jackson Avenue in Oxford, 650 Park Plaza in New Albany. You won't find better Mexican food or margaritas anywhere else. Try the street tacos. That's my favorite. Stay for the food and the experience. El Agave Mexican Grill. Ole Miss will usher in the new year, Ole Miss football that is, with a new offensive coordinator. Rich Rodriguez, the former head coach of West Virginia, Michigan, Arizona, in line as of this recording to become the next offensive coordinator at Ole Miss. Now, it's not official until the ink is dry, obviously. Anything can happen in the next couple of days, but the university is closed until Wednesday, and as of today... It's unofficially official, could be made official as early as Wednesday. Rich Rodriguez, the new offensive coordinator for Matt Luke, the second name hire for Matt Luke in two coordinator hires this offseason. What is your thoughts? What are your thoughts on the fit of Rich Rodriguez and Ole Miss? You know, first, uh, I have to say, you know, Matt Luke deserves credit for what he's done here. Um, you know, he he could have hired an up and comer for either one of these coordinator positions. And he talked to some guys that kind of fit that bill up and comers in the end. He settled for and, and, and settled is not the right word. In the end, he landed two successful veteran coaches that have not only done it at the coordinator level, they've done it at the head coaching level. I don't think anybody can argue that the Ole Miss staff needed to get a little longer in the tooth bin. And then they have, they absolutely have. I, I mean, you have added uh, years of experience and years of success to this coaching staff. Um, Matt being a relatively inexperienced head coach, it is bound to bode well for him and his efforts in turning this Ole Miss football program around. I, I mean, it's cliche, but both of these are home run hires. I mean, I think either way you look at it, um, Mike McIntyre, uh, certainly he needs no introduction to the Ole Miss fan base. And Rich Rodriguez is a national name, and he's a national name because he's been successful pretty much every place he's ever been. He is an offensive guru, a, a pioneer of incorporating a, a heavy run game into the spread offense, uh, a pioneer when it comes to incorporating the zone read run game into shotgun formations. Um, this is a guy that um, knows what he's doing. Uh, he knows how to drive the car, and uh, he's the guy behind the wheel right now. So I, personally, I mean, you know, what a, what a great way – to end 2018 that's been full of a lot of pain and anguish for Ole Miss fans and what an exciting way to start off 2019 I think it interjects uh it's like a b12 shot into the excitement around the Ole Miss football program which was pretty apathetic until these hires were made there's a lot to unpack there I'll start here 
the coordinator hires was the only way for Matt Luke outside of the early signing period to generate any type of program momentum, especially after the disaster that was November. They went winless. They were five and three, finished five and seven, one and seven in the SEC. Mike McIntyre was a good first step, but all of that goodwill was in many ways zapped once you went over on the on the first day of the early signing period, missing on Kobe Dean, missing on Radar Jones, Jaron Handy, Derek Hall. Granted, the latter two not nearly as, quote, in the boat as the aforementioned two. So this hire needed to be a marquee name. And Will Hall, his interview didn't overwhelm or uh, make him the obvious guy in Matt Luke's mind. Rich Rodriguez's interview went extraordinarily well. And because of the name cachet of Rich Rodriguez, the timeline was such that Matt Luke preferred the name not get out there. And I don't think a lot of schools that have openings or had openings knew he was actively looking to get back in. And so to keep the name quiet as to stick to the timeline of a comprehensive search where it drags into a week or two into January, potentially interview a bunch of candidates that got sped up once Rich Rodriguez impressed Matt Luke. And it became clear that now that he was out there and his name hit social media, his name hit the Internet. You needed to move if you wanted to make sure he was a candidate, if not the guy for your job once you got to that point. Now Rich Rodriguez is the offensive coordinator currently, though unofficial, uh, in line to become the offensive coordinator at Ole Miss. So it it made sense from that vantage point as to why it happened now. Sticking to on-field credentials, you're right. um, This is exactly what Matt Luke needed. I don't buy into... Um, the narrative being spun by some, especially friend of the program, and I say that tongue-in-cheek of Dan Wolken, who says that you have two coaches <laughs> now hired at, by Matt Luke, both with reputations of being difficult to work with, how it will be interesting the pieces fitting together. I don't buy that. I think that for Matt Luke in his very unique circumstance as a head coach, long in the tooth, experience gray heads in the room with him was significant and it says a lot and I've been as critical as anybody of Matt Luke and and Ross Bjork and Ole Miss and these are people that I have a professional relationship with and uh, I consider those relationships strong but I try to call this exactly as I see it and be fair and I've been critical and I, I you have to give him like you said his due here for hiring guys that fit exactly what he himself as a head coach needs because not every head coach does this. They're all uh, mercenaries in some respect, Mo- more, some more so than others. And yet Matt Luke hired two guys that if things turn sour early next year could in theory be perfectly capable candidates to take the interim tag should something happen to Matt Luke. Do I think that'll happen? No, not necessarily. But the fact that that is in play because Matt Luke made these hires, I think speaks to Matt Luke, as you mentioned, putting the program in Ole Miss as no one who is even the harshest critic can deny above himself. He's always going to put Ole Miss above himself, yep. and that's to to his credit. Um, but it does take some balls for, for him to do that, and I think it's significant. Hugh Freeze would have never done that. Hugh Freeze, when he built staffs, he always hired – coaches he felt were in some respect lesser than him because he always wanted to be the smartest man in the room. Matt Luke just wants the best staff and guys he feels can turn this program around. Now, whether or not it works remains to be seen, but you have to at least respect and tip your cap to the approach. Yeah, no doubt about it. And I mean, you know, there had to be some train of thought running through Matt's head of how comfortable he would be Having two guys, um, you know, as we said, as long in the tooth as McIntyre and Rodriguez on his coaching staff. Um, but 
I, I think Matt viewed this very honestly that right. uh, that this coaching staff needed more gray heads uh, on it, that it, it needed more experience. And, and in that department, he couldn't have done much better than Rodriguez and McIntyre, particularly when there was a there was a narrative out there that, oh, nobody wanted to come to work at Ole Miss. Well, Mike McIntyre and Rich Rodriguez did. And, uh, you know, when you look across the Southeastern Conference, Ben, I'm hard pressed to find two better, more qualified, more accomplished coordinators than the two that are about to reside. And one of them already is in Oxford, Mississippi right now. I, I mean, this was a major, major staff upgrade. And that's that's nothing against Wesley McGriff or Phil Longo. But Rodriguez and McIntyre, they come with papers, man. I, I mean, they, they've been through the, the battles. They've been very successful at, at various stops along their career. And, uh, you know, while they are grayheads, so to speak, they're both in the prime of their careers. It's not like, you know, there are a couple of granddaddies coming in here to, to ride this thing out into the sunset. Rich Rodriguez and Mike McIntyre both will probably be power five head coaches again one day. And uh, they're going to want to do the very best job that they possibly can while they're in Oxford, Mississippi, uh, to, to, to make that happen for them in their careers. And in the process, uh, the Ole Miss football program is going to benefit from their knowledge, expertise, and experience. I mean, this, you can't find, and, and, and some people will try, a negative side to these two hires, particularly if you're a bruised, battered, and beaten Ole Miss football fan that wants to see this program be successful again. Look, it can't be understated that two hires such as these cure all – they don't cure all ills. They just don't. But um, on the service and upon looking at uh, face value here, it's undeniable that they're accomplished hires and, and that Matt Luke did everything that he could um, to make the best hires possible. And it goes without saying that it is an improvement. It's not a knock personally at Phil Longo and Wesley McGriff – but professionally and as far as stature and resume and accomplishment, it's not even a debate that it is a significant improvement in staff. And not every coach is like this. You brought up a salient point. You said that if you look across the SEC, you'd be hard-pressed to find a pair of coordinators more accomplished than these two, and that's true. But that's by design for most coaches. Like I mentioned, Hugh Freeze would have never done made these moves, and that's because coaches want to make themselves – um, impossible to fire, like so valuable to their program and basically the program themselves personified that their staff kind of yeah. is to the detriment of their staff. But And I'm not in any way comparing Matt Luke to Nick Saban. That's not even a remotely fair comparison. But Nick Saban takes this approach. Now, whether it works for Matt Luke remains to be seen, obviously. And again, I'm not making the comparison, but this is what Nick Saban does. He has no problem recycling coaches. Steve Sarkeesian, Butch Jones... Lane Kiffin, I could go on because Nick Saban believes in being the figurehead of a program and allowing his coaches to coach. Now, he's more hands-on than even Matt Luke is because I don't think Matt Luke is all that hands-on as far as having his fingers in every single thing like a Hugh Freeze was, like a Gus Malzahn is. But Nick Saban allow – he's so strong in his belief in what he is and he's accomplished enough to where he, he can hold that belief and it be fair that he's not afraid to recycle coaches. Matt Luke would prefer to be the figurehead of a program, not have his fingers in every single thing, to hire an offensive coordinator who mans that side of the ball, who has the command of his 
own side um, that he can trust that he'll do the job well. Same thing on defense, and he's got those two play- those two coaches now. I don't think he had that with with Wesley McGriffin Phil Longo, and he started to interject himself more into both sides of the ball. But he preferred not to be that way, and that's a different approach and departure from some in the SEC. And I think that fits if Matt Luke is going to succeed at Ole Miss. That's the approach he has to take. I don't know if he's going to succeed or not. And next year, the pressure remains the same, even with these two hires. Nothing changes. The pressure is immense, and he has to win with a roster that has been hurt by the, especially on the offensive end, by the departures of an A.J. Brown and Jordan Tamu and Demarcus Lodge and D.K. Metcalf and Greg Little. I could go on. But at least the approach, he's more, he's made the hires that more align with what he wants to do and who he wants to be as a head coach. And for that, he deserves uh, to be commended. You, you can you can sum it up very simply by saying Matt Luke doesn't care who gets the credit. He, yeah, you can't yeah. care who gets the credit when you bring in Rich Rodriguez and Mike McIntyre in this fall when things if things turn around for this program and they win a couple of more games than it's being anticipated. The coordinators are going to get a lot of credit. That's just the bottom line, and they'll deserve it. But the thing about Matt is, and you talk about uh, other coaches across the SEC, and you often see this roadmap where they bring in these young up-and-coming coaches, these these guys who, who, who end up doing well in their coordinator positions, and they move on to head coaching jobs. Well, the, the setting head coach that brought them in as a coordinator to begin with, he gets credit for that. He gets a lot of credit for that as part of his coaching tree. This is kind of upside down when you look at the coordinator hires at Ole Miss uh, with Rodriguez and McIntyre coming in here. But the bottom line is Matt Luke doesn't care if he gets the credit or not. I think these coordinator hires show he simply wants what's best for this football program. He wants a winner at Ole Miss. And he put, if there were any kind of personal thoughts and reservations uh, out there about him hiring two guys who whose coaching Vita, let's just be honest with you, is more impressive than Matt's at this point in his career, he put it aside. And he made a move that he thought was best for the program. And again, he should be commended and applauded for that. It's the holiday season, and now is the time, if ever, to go get a new car. Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford is the place to go, and they've got deals going, year-end deals, clearance for those of you out there looking for your next perfect car, truck, or Jeep. Also, a commercial truck sale for you business owners. They're loaded up with Jeep Wranglers, Grand Cherokees, and Cherokees all priced to move right now. So make sure you're taking advantage of this unique opportunity, holiday end-of-the-year opportunity with Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. But simply buying a new car is not the only service that Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram provides. If you're having some car trouble, if you need some advice, go visit them. Brian, Mason, ask for them. Tell them Talk of Champions sent you, and they're going to make sure that you're taken care of. Addressing each of your needs with the utmost respect, care, and attention to detail. You can give them a call at 662-234-8000. That's 662-234-8000. Or stop by and see them in person at 2201 East University Avenue. That's just past Kroger. It's deal time in the holiday season. Alan Samuels, let's be friends. On the flip side of that coin, it has to be acknowledged that it does come a year later than it should have. And I, I respect the fact that Matt Luke who inherited Hugh Freeze's staff, looked at the group and said, these are the guys that helped me get the job. I'm going to give them a clean slate, and I'm not going to analyze their job performance um, until they've gotten a full year of a clean slate. And then he made the moves. But once you do that, once you make that decision, uh, commendable or loyal or 
uh, respectable as that might be, you lose the excuse of, well, that wasn't my staff. You, you decided to keep that staff. That is now your staff. You had the opportunity to make those moves, and you decided not to. So the idea that this is not year three, I don't buy that at all. This is year three. And I do have at least some reservation about the impact, for uh, for example, a Rich Rodriguez would have, con- considering that the personnel Ole Miss had offensively is better suited for Rich Rod last year than it is this year. I do think that there is a um, justifiable criticism of not making such moves last year when it was obvious that it needed to be done because now – you, you've put your new coordinator, Mitch Rodriguez, who, again, is not official, but that is the way this is trending towards, especially when the university opens back up on Wednesday and it could be made official. Um, you put him at a disadvantage from the jump. He doesn't have Jordan Talmud. Matt Crowell is the pro- face of the program, and he's who this whole operation is going to run through now. But Scotty Phillips is a 1,000-yard rusher. Uh, Braylon Sanders has shown capable, Elijah Moore, but Dawson Knox is gone. Octavius Cooley up and down. Offensive line is brand new. We couldn't even right now put together a two-deep depth chart, though we could probably lay out the starters. It's just a different team that he's inheriting, and you've got to hope that the tangible benefit, whatever that might be, of hiring Rich Rodriguez and the improvement that he potentially is over Phil Longo pays off because he doesn't have the same type of weapons. And I, I think you have to at least acknowledge that issue. Yeah, certainly. Definitely so. But, but getting back to, to, to Matt, yes, he decided to keep those guys in Oxford for the 2018 season, that coaching staff. And, and we all, anybody that knows Matt knows he is tremendously loyal and tremendously honest. And, you know, I, I think that's a that's a, a great trait. He gave those guys an opportunity to prove that they deserve to be on this staff. It's but also same, a trait. It's also a trait that can really it, hurt it, you. Yeah, in this yeah it can hurt you. But. He wasn't too proud to change and he, he gave them exactly what he said he was going to give them a one season runway to, to show that they belonged to show that they should remain here. And the guys he thought that shouldn't, he made those changes. And and he made changes for the better. I think we can all agree with that. That's no slight to the guys that were here before, but the fact of the matter is uh, these changes need to, needed to be made. We've already talked about that. Um, but he's willing to change. And, um, you know, the guy that he's often compared to as a disciple of David Cutcliffe was not willing to do those, those kind of things. And uh, Matt has shown that, uh, that he can change on the, on the go and do things that I think uh, are going to prove ultimately to be beneficial for the program. Uh, Again, look, what a way to finish one year and start another one. But um, you know, Matt Luke right now for for the first time in a long time, it kind of feels like he's winning as the head coach at Ole Miss. Uh, Even if it's, it's just a little bit. There's a feeling of that in the air right now. I will say this is how staffs used to be built, that an offensive coordinator, long in the tooth, experienced, defensive coordinator, same thing, and then you fill out the position coaches with high-quality recruiters, and I think you're going to see that now. The question becomes, who does Rich Rod bring with him, if anyone at all? And you would 
reasonably think that he would bring at least one or two guys with him. Now, Jacob Peeler is going to be the wide receivers coach. Jack Bicknell is going to be the offensive line coach. I don't know if it's out there, but I know that Derek Nix has interviewed for at least two jobs. That could potentially lead to another change at running backs coach, though Derek Nix is the best in-state recruiter that they have. I don't necessarily think Ole Miss would be happy to lose Derek Nix in any way, shape, or form. Maurice Harris has gone to Liberty. So you've heard, as Chuck Ronsville, the Ole Miss spirit, first reported Marion Hobby's name is a potential addition maybe it's a tight ends coach he's a dynamic recruiter Joe Panunzio is a name that you and I first floated uh, a couple of months ago as a potential staff addition I know that there is still a mutual interest there as well so you could see some uh, additional moves being made on both sides of the ball I mean is, is it reasonable to think that um, you could see some Rich Rodriguez hires made uh, to kind of more better align with his philosophy and on the same uh, end of that, would Mike McIntyre make some changes as well? Yeah, I, I think they would certainly have the leeway to do so. Um, you know that there there are things to consider other than just the new coordinators wanting to bring certain guys in that that know their system. I mean, in all honesty, you don't want to tear that locker room apart completely if you don't have to. I think you would want some continuity in terms of your coaching staff. And as you mentioned, certainly Jacob Peeler is, is going to be here. Jack Bicknell is going to be here, but, but I don't think you want too many face new faces walking around inside that locker room as, as coaches. I mean, you know, and this is an angle we don't often look at, but man, these guys on this team have gone through the ringer in terms of, of coaching turnover and things during their time here. And, uh, you know, a little bit of stability is not necessarily a bad thing when, when it comes to your players. What's the date? I know it's an arbitrary date, but what is the date in which you think all of this staff turnover changes is done? Is there a timeline that needs to be met or is Matt Luke operating on a timeline that needs to be met as far as having a staff in order? Yeah, you know, I think ideally you would want this staff in order, you know, mid to late January. I mean, a couple of weeks out, two to three weeks out, you'd probably want to know who you're going into spring practice with, who position coaches are. Uh, the players' first meeting uh, after uh, of the new year will be Wednesday. Uh, it won't be a full team meeting. There will be 30 or 40 guys that will be on campus for the start of intercession, but I would expect they'll get introduced to their two new coordinators uh, in that meeting and everything. But, uh, you know, the rest of the guys will be getting back around the 18th of January, and uh, I think you want a staff in place by then. I mean, I mean, you want your tight ends walking in knowing who their tight end coach is going to be because at at that point, you know, by the 18th, 19th, 20th of January, you're really just a month out from the start of spring practice. And I mean, it, it, it's time. It, it'll be time to go. So uh, I would say two to three weeks and you hope everything is settled. Of course, the coaches convention is about to start. Uh, that's always a very fluid time of the year as uh, uh, pretty much every college football coach in America is all gathered in one place and they're all talking to one another. So uh and Ben, I think two to three weeks from now, the staff should be settled. Is there a benefit? Is there a result from hiring coordinators on the recruiting trail? Does it influence kids? You, you're in it. I'm not. It, does that happen? 
Well, I, I think when you bring a name in like Rich Rodriguez and his offense is uh, is certainly well known. Uh, it's known as an explosive system. Uh, you're going to put up a lot of yards. You're going to put up a lot of points. Uh, I think that's attractive to an offensive player. Mike McIntyre, look, defense is not as sexy as offense. Uh, everybody uh, knows and notes who scores the touchdowns and all that stuff. And uh, defense is a little bit more anonymous on that side of things. But McIntyre has a great reputation as well. I don't know if I saw where it made a big difference during the early signing period that Mike McIntyre was already on staff. I don't know that you'll see uh, where it will make a big difference in February that either one of these guys is on staff simply because recruiting is about relationships and they neither one have been in the red and blue long enough to start building those kind of relationships with the rest of these 2019 prospects. But I think moving ahead into that 2020 class, heck yeah. I mean, Rich Rodriguez is in your living room. I, I think mom and dad and the whole family pays attention. Same thing with Mike McIntyre. So there's some, there's some worth in that name value. Yeah, I, I never n- could tell when I did cover recruiting whether or not coordinators made a difference, uh, basically going in home or whatever it might be. And the way the early signing period finished, not getting to Kobe Dean specifically, you would hope that Ole Miss, even though they're going to be more defensive heavy than anything else, maybe only one offensive player signed in February, that player potentially being John Reese Plumley. Um, I never knew if that well, really John, impacted Jonathan things. Mingo. Jonathan Mingo. Oh, and Mingo. Yeah, he's and that's an interesting. That's an interesting guy. Mingo. You know that. Georgia, Florida State, Mississippi State, they're going to blitz Jonathan Mingo with, oh, well, Rich Rodriguez is a run-heavy variation of the spread. And look what he did at West Virginia with Pat White and Steve Slayton. And I know that you used to play with West Virginia and PlayStation NCAA football, did I, and would basically Mm. run my friends out of the room. Uh, they beat me more often than not. I can't lie. Um, but yeah, they're good. They're, he's going to run. He's going to run. He's going to run. So you know, Jonathan Mingo is going to get blitzed with that. But I, I think one thing that needs to be understood here is that Rich Rodriguez has proven to be adaptable. When his personnel was different at Arizona, they became one of the better passing teams in the country. I think for two years of his tenure there, um, it, it all depends on what he has at his disposal. And I think Ole Miss right now is equipped to be to go either way. Probably more run heavy because of Scotty Phillips. But the idea that they're not going to utilize Matt Corral's arm talent is absurd. Yeah, you know, you bring up, you know, Pat White and Slayton and those quarterbacks that he's had in these run-heavy spread offenses before. Grant Tisdale fits that mold perfectly, absolutely perfectly, maybe even more so than Matt Corral. And that's not saying Tisdale's coming in here and he's going to beat Matt Corral out. I I don't think that's going to happen, and neither does anybody else. But I'm telling you, Grant Tisdale's tailor-made for a Rich Rodriguez offense. So that'll be exciting. And Grant gets to campus on January 18th, so we'll get to see him in spring practice. That's one thing I'm looking forward to. No, he's not pushing Matt Corral. Obviously, you cannot say that at this point, uh, that he's pushing Matt Corral. I'm just saying – he looks to be tailor-made for what we've seen Rich Rod do in the past, particularly when you go back to those West Virginia offenses. Now, Grant Tisdale has got the confidence and said it to you in a, a great interview you did with him recently around Christmas that he's coming in to compete. He's coming yeah, in. To uh, yeah, yeah, hands down. And, you know, I, I know you haven't seen a lot from Grant Tisdale yet, and, and you haven't started to see, you know, news videos of him uh, as the Ole Miss quarterback. But let me tell you something I'll stress about Grant Tisdale, intelligence. Man, he is one smart 
quarterback and and you can pick that up when you talk to him look he he's 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 a quarterback now he's not a, he's not afraid of competition i remember when jordan Tiamu committed to ole miss and you know of course the storyline at ole miss was shea patterson this shea patterson that Tiamu told me during an interview he said i'm not coming there to be his backup I'm coming there because I think I can win the job. Well, we saw how that played out. Tisdale's cut out of the same cloth as a Jordan Tiamu in that regard. Look, he's not a big talker now. He, he, he very rarely did interviews during the course of his recruitment. I reached out to him this morning as a matter. As a matter of fact, uh, just to get his his take on Rich Rodriguez, and I haven't heard back from him yet. I hope to do that. To ha- have something on him today, but. Uh, Look, he's he's coming in here to to fight for the job, and that's what you want if you're an Ole Miss football fan, or if you're Rich Rodriguez or Matt Luke. You want a kid coming in here going, "Look, I'm not coming in here to be the number two guy. I'm coming in here to win this thing," and uh, that's only going to push Matt Corral to be even better. Uh, but I like Ole Miss's quarterback situation with Rich Rodriguez's offense. I think Tisdale fits what Rodriguez likes to do better than what he fit what Phil Longo wanted to do. And uh, and I think that makes Tisdale's value to this program moving ahead more than what it was with Phil Longo's offense, if that makes any sense. Well, well last thing, because we have to get to Ronnie Hamilton to talk some Ole Miss basketball, but I wanted to say this, and this is not a hot take. This is the truth because the proof is in the pudding. Matt Luke has far greater ability than a Hugh Freeze when he needs to make a coaching hire to go out there and use connections and is more well-connected and respected in coaching circles and administrative circles to go make high-profile hires. That has been proven. Excellent point. Absolute excellent point. Yeah, yeah, you know, I, like you I'm can be critical play. of Matt Luke for a lot of things, but that, that now, that narrative needs to go away. It's, it's been proven wrong. Yeah, you talk to people, and I talk to people across the 24-7 network, guys just like me and you, they cover other teams, and occasionally the the topic of Matt Luke will come up. I'm going to tell you utmost respect. I mean, everybody to a person I've ever talked to him about and other team sites in this network relay how much respect that their coaching staff has for Matt Luke. And that's from Alabama on down. Uh, he is a well-respected guy, uh, just like just like David Cutcliffe is. A now lot he's got to win. Those, that's the bottom line. He's, he's got to win. win. Absolutely. Uh, you know, he can't be a nice guy finishing last. Yeah. But, they, they, uh, they can't respect you because they know they're going to beat your ass every Saturday. That, that That's exactly right. Uh, but uh, – but look, he went out and got Rich Ride. He went out and got Mike McIntyre. And um, the Ole Miss football program is better for that. 100%. And that, that's why, like I said, I've been critical and justifiably so, as have many Ole Miss fans. And, and those of you that are still on the fence, you should be. I don't blame you. I, I understand it completely and sympathetic toward your plight. But um, in this respect, you have to give the man his due. If you're going to be working with the operation of being fair, then you have to be fair here and acknowledge that Matt Luke did exactly what he had to do in going and hiring coordinators. The question now is, how does he finish out the staff and what does it mean for spring practice? And before we jump to Ronnie, now that you know who the coordinators are, spring is usually a futile and dumb exercise, but it makes spring fascinating, does it not? I mean, it's... it's oh, listen, it, it is because, you know, what we're hearing is McIntyre's going to plug in a base 3-4 defense. So that's a little bit different than... Fits than, the personnel far better, it, by the way. It, it absolutely does. So you're going to have that install going on, and then you're going to have Rich Rod's offensive install going on. And uh, that's going to make spring very, very interesting. And there may be some guys who, as I talked about with Grant, Tisdale, I think he's more valuable in a Rich Rodriguez offense than a Phil Longo's offense, and 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 Grant hit the sweepstakes. I think with the with the Rodriguez hire. Uh, 
But but that's going to be something fascinating. It's going to be fascinating to watch some of these battles across offensive line play out. Which receivers are going to step up and, uh, and and try to try to fill the void created by the loss of AJ Brown, DK Metcalf, uh, Octavius Cooley's a very uh, much more important player in regards to that Ole Miss offense than he was just a couple of weeks ago. Uh, prior to Dawson Knox announcing his departure for the NFL. So just a lot of storylines. And then you sit back and you try to see how the chemistry is going between the coordinators and their position coaches, what new position coaches are going to be in place out there, and how Matt's going to string it all together at the top. I mean, there are a lot of storylines coming for spring practice for Ole Miss football. And I would expect, and, and you know, Ben, the Grove Bowl last year, if there were 500 people there, that's being generous. I would expect uh, as long as Mother Nature cooperates this year, you're going to see some excitement about the Ole Miss spring game again. People are going to come out. You're going to have a big crowd inside Vaught-Hemingway Stadium. And what their job is is to use that as a springboard to kind of build the momentum and build the excitement up to the opening of fall camp in August, which, boom, we're eight months away. I mean, l- literally today, today we are eight months away from the kickoff of the 2019 God. football season, eight months from today. Yeah, but Ole Miss basketball is 10-2. In pursuit of a postseason berth, whatever that might be, and that's opening up SEC play on Saturday. So Ronnie Hamilton coming on right now. Real quickly, though, um, I will say that even with these coordinator hires and considering all things, including the early signing period and not knowing what's coming in February, my position on the over/under for Ole Miss wins next year has not changed. I set the line at th- at four and a half, and I would f- trend far more towards the under than the over in that respect. But can you even imagine? what six and six in a bowl, a bowl berth would mean for this program right now. It, it would rival only uh, Hugh Freeze's first year going to Birmingham. Mm-hmm. I don't want to go back to Birmingham because it was miserable, but the Liberty Bowl or whatever it might be, even if it is Birmingham, Ole Miss fans need that. And I don't think that this team is positioned, even with the coordinator hires, to win six games. But if you figured out a way to do it, man, what that would mean for this program. A long line of cars from Mississippi to Birmingham. I mean, Back but, to Birmingham. Uh, the excitement, though, would be absolutely palpable. Uh, and I know that's silly because, uh, you know, when Ole Miss went to back to back New Year's Six Bowl games, uh, you know, some of us may have been guilty of kind of looking down at the Birmingham Bowl or the Independence Bowl or even the Liberty Bowl. But it would mean a tremendous uh, amount for this program to be back in the bowl business, uh, no matter what bowl that is. So if they can get to six wins, man, oh man, that would be huge because you're, you're, you're getting that extra month of practice. You're, you're going to a bowl game. The fans can really start to put some of this NCAA junk behind them. But I'm like you, Ben, and it's hard to find six wins on that schedule, particularly when two of your four non-conference games are against, uh, you know, bowl teams, Memphis and Cal. You're opening the season at Memphis. It's got trap game written all over it. Uh, and then Cal, uh, you know, they're, they went to the bowl a bowl game this past season. Uh, they're going to come to Oxford, Mississippi and the SEC country uh, with with a chip on their shoulder about the, the SEC and Pac-12. So that's going to be a tough one. And then the eight, uh, you know, the eight Saturdays that you've got to look forward to um, inside the Southeastern Conference. Yeah, it's it's tough to find six wins. Not impossible, not really improbable, but not likely. Because Matt Luke has been in this position before. 
it's one thing to consistently win coaching hires like you did with Jack Bicknell, John Sumrall, now with both of your coordinators, but it's a totally different animal to get wins on the field and in recruiting. And that's two areas in which Matt Lucas has fallen, fallen significantly short, especially this year in 2018. So, yeah, winning the coaching searches, that's great, but that's only one area if you're a head coach and you sit in the big chair. Now you have to win where it really, really matters, well, and that's in recruiting uh, and on the field. Well, on the field quick, specifically. One, one quick thing, though. I mean, it is real easy for for all of us to forget uh, the debacle Matt inherited and willingly accepted, you know, late July 2017. And it's been been tough waters to navigate. And it would have been for anyone, really and truly. Now, that's not not being an apologist for any shortcomings. I mean, he he was still part of the reason why he was – retained and the interim tag taken off was because of the belief he could make hay with his relationships in 2019 and he failed. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, inside the state of Mississippi, I would, uh, I would not disagree with that statement. So it's one thing to win coaching searches. It's another thing to win. You're right though. He doesn't, he's not operating with any handcuffs anymore, but now everything is ready for you. And if you still don't get results, even with everything cleared in your path, as I said, the pressure is still the same. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. He's David Johnson at Rebels247. Going now to the Cheney's Pharmacy phone line to speak to Ronnie Hamilton, Ole Miss men's basketball assistant. For all your pharmaceutical needs, Cheney's Pharmacy is the place to go. Cheney's offers prescription synchronization, immunizations, compounding, a two-lane drive through and available hours that ensure your needs are met on your own time. And Cheney's also accepts all third-party insurance. It's a locally-owned pharmacy that has been in Oxford over 40 years. It provides the best customer service out there. So give Cheney's Pharmacy a call at 662-234-7221. You can visit them at 501 Bramlett Boulevard. That's right off of University Avenue. They're open 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Monday through Saturday and 1 p.m. to 9 p.m. on Sundays. You can find them online at Cheney'sPharmacy.com. Cheney's Pharmacy, much more than just a pharmacy. Going out of the Cheney's Pharmacy phone line to speak to Ole Miss men's basketball assistant Ronnie Hamilton. Ole Miss basketball, 10-2 and two on the year, following a win over Florida Gulf Coast on Saturday. SEC play, play opens on Saturday at Vanderbilt. Ronnie, what's up, man? How you doing? What's going on, Ben? How you doing? I'm good, man. Thank you for coming on. Happy New Year to you. It's going to be an uh, action-packed couple of months for Ole Miss basketball because of the efforts put in during the non-conference schedule, finishing 10-2, and two, strong schedule. I think Ole Miss is sitting in the mid-40s in the net rankings right now. Everything is in front of Ole Miss basketball. What's the general mood and feeling right now amongst the players and the coaches as far as the work that was put in and the opportunity that is now in front of you guys with SEC play starting up? Yeah, you know, it's been it's been exciting. Um, you know, obviously Horn's feeling the role and you know, he's still constantly trying to just get better every day. But I, I think the guys uh are excited about SEC play. Uh, you know, that conference schedule and conference season is is the fun part. Uh, of college basketball, you kind of getting those those grinds of, of of you know knowing you know play two games a week and uh, against great competition, great arenas, you know the TV exposure and all those things. And so uh, you know like today we had a really good practice. We got a week long to prepare for Vanderbilt, uh, but had great energy uh, and, and focus today. And so uh, it's just been really really excited because I think we've obviously the record you know has been good in non conference play. Uh, but we've constantly gotten better. And that's kind of been our theme since we started, you know, in summer going to Canada. You know, I think it kind of started there. You know, we, we went over there, and that was great for our team. Gave us a head start uh, as far as getting stuff in. And from from June and July, 
uh, we've seen just 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 a gradual gradual improvement, you know, for our whole team. So we're excited about Saturday. It'll be a tough one on the road. Kermit made a good point after the game on Saturday. He mentioned, I think he was asked, uh, "Are you surprised, or or have the expectations that you had for this team been met? What what are your general expectations, and where are they?" And he mentioned that he'd be lying if he said after uh, Ole Miss was down, I think it was twenty something points against the Ottawa GGs in Canada, that Ole Miss would be in this position right now um, to make hay in the SEC and real really build a postseason resume. Has Ole Miss and the performance of the guys surpassed even your expectations and, and the coaching staff in general in terms of how they've bought in and have played a pretty consistent brand of basketball over the course of the first twelve games? Yeah. You know, I, I think the the, the buy in uh, you know, I like to use that word, kind of a coach speak, uh, uh, has been pretty you're pretty good even from the start. And so um, even in those first individual workouts we did, I, I felt you know confident if they would continue to do that and then as we started adding guys and then we were able to finish our class. And there were some signs in Canada I thought that, you know, we could be a little better than people maybe thought we could. But then you just got to keep working. And I think just the work that guys have put in – has helped uh, elevate, you know, our thoughts and, 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 and you know, uh, our play and, and, and how we can, you know, finish the season out. So, uh, I, you know, I, I would say, you know, we've been a little bit surprised. But me personally, I, I think we're capable of uh, winning, you know, every game we play. We've obviously got a, you know, small margin for error like most teams. But if we continue to get better and keep working and, you know, uh, the big thing is going to be defending rebounding, you know, in this league. But uh, I think everything we've we set aside and talked about as, as goals is right in front of us. And that's the neat part. You go into league play, you have a lot of opportunities. We don't necessarily have to be perfect. You love to win every game, but the league will present a lot of lot of opportunities to get quality wins on the road and at home. And, and so uh, it's just exciting, you know, to see our guys have some success and still uh, have edge and, and, you know, drive and hunger to get to get better at the same time. The second season, SEC play is exciting, it's fresh, it's new for everyone in this conference, in this league, but especially so for you as a coaching staff in terms of this is y'all's first experience with it. Y'all have dealt with life on the bubble for so long at Middle Tennessee, and that's not to disparage your former stop, obviously, because y'all had such success there, and it's a very accomplished basketball school, but it's a different resume when you're entering SEC play with a net ranking in the 40s compared to, say, a middle, knowing that the the opportunity to get those high-quadrant wins for middle, uh, it's not the same as it would be at Ole Miss when you're getting more opportunities to build that resume. What is that like for you guys as a coaching staff looking um, at where you are and now knowing that you, rather than having to rely on other people, to build your resume and make it better, you can control your own destiny. That's got to be kind of a new release or lease on life for you guys, right? Yeah, it is. I mean, it's new. It's, it's new. I mean, just uh, that part of it, part of it, just, you know, playing, you know, some of the teams we played before, you know, Vanderbilt um, uh, most prominently, but but just even just going through this league the first time, Auburn, we've played those guys, but you go in there and then, then those, 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 those games, you know, count towards a league race, you know, trying to obviously win a regular season conference championship is the ultimate. Uh, but like you said, too, you get opportunities, uh, you know, to get quadrant wins and you know, how important it is to the committee because everybody ultimately wants to play in the NCAA tournament. And so each of these games take on such huge value uh, you know, whether you're on the road at Mississippi State, or you know, you come back and you're playing Auburn, a team that's ranked in the top 25, and, and so uh, each each game kind of have a, has a life life of its own. 
but just just even as a staff, we've talked about it a little bit, you know, this weekend and you know this morning. You know, it'll be new for most of us going, you know, to play, you know, at Kentucky and just everybody you're playing the league at Florida and, and, and exposure again. I mentioned that, that you get uh, at this high level, so it, it's going to be fun. Any anytime you get something new, uh, you know, challenge or new experience, is need to go through, and uh, we'll go through it together. We'll just try to keep getting better day in, day out, each week, and, and uh, let the chips fall where you may. I mentioned this and brought it up to Kermit after the game on Saturday, but Terrence Davis, after a tough two-week stretch in November, has quite quietly, honestly, put together a really productive run as far as scoring is concerned, efficient on the offensive, offensive end as well. A lot of that Kermit mentioned had to do with his approach in practice and things like that. But what have you seen in Terrence Davis that has allowed him to kind of find this rhythm and get back to being the all league caliber player that Ole Miss fans had kind of come to know uh, after his sophomore year? Yeah, I think what you said, you know, uh, through Coach Davis's words, it has been the biggest thing, you know, just his his uh, attitude and practice. Not that he ever been a guy that you know fights you in practice, but just you know, uh, learning that how you practice is going to translate to how you play. And uh, so he's been real conscious of that probably last two or three weeks, uh, but also just keeping his game real simple. You know, I think TD sometimes has a tendency to think he's got to make the home run play every time, or maybe every time he touches, he's got to make something happen. And just, you know, if you just keep the game simple and play the right way, uh, the ball will find you in terms of having open shots uh, and getting yourself going defensively. I thought he's been much better defensively on the last two or three weeks, uh, real conscious of just kind of assignments and where he should be and those type of things. And so if you defend, and coach always has the same, well, if you defend and rebound, your offense will take care of itself. And so I think there's a combination of all those things has allowed him to play, you know, really well. And I think he's got a level he can still play at, you know, that he hadn't you know, played and shown uh, every game. And uh, Coach Davis had a challenge to him right after Christmas to, you know, see if you can have your best three months of your college career. I think he's he's uh, uh, accepted that challenge, likes that kind of that 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 thought, and, and uh, has really put the time in and, and focus to see you know if he can have his best best next eighteen, I guess nineteen games with Iowa State over his career coming up. Blake Henson's an interesting player to me because you usually see at this point of the year, and K.J. Buffins battled it a little bit, though he's still been productive as far as rebounding and defending and things like that. But usually at this time of the year, you see freshmen hit a wall, and you can see it pretty obviously in games. And yet Blake continues to influence the game uh, from an all-around play perspective. What has allowed him to not, at least to this point, hit that wall, and what will keep him from meeting that? Because you as coaches know that wall better than anyone else. Yeah, he's such a uh, high level uh, of maturity uh, to him. You know, he's, you know, you, you, you like to say that, you know, he doesn't play like a freshman, but but he, he is a freshman. You know, he goes through games and he's experiencing stuff new every single time himself. So, but but from the standpoint of him uh, being so mature for his age, I think that's what's going to allow him to, to not maybe necessarily hit it. Or if he hits it, it doesn't stay long in it. And, uh, you know, his effort in practice, uh, he's always a guy, he doesn't have many bad practices. He may make a mistake or two or miss a shot, but just in terms of his 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 his, his focus and his energy and, and his voice and those things, uh, he's real consistent. And so I think, you know, again, it kind of goes back to what we always tell all our guys, if you're consistent in practice and if you're doing it every day, uh, then the games, you know, the game should be easy. And uh, I think he'll, he'll even continue to get better, you know, because, again, as he goes through, 
and plays more and more and get more meaningful minutes in you know games and, and, and close games and on the road, which will come up and have to play here soon a lot. Uh, he's just going to get better and better and better. He's just been a guy that we uh, we feel real confident, you know, in, in his play. Located at 1801 West Jackson Avenue, Suite D103 in Oxford, Jackson Beer Company provides Oxford with handcrafted customer service and superior beer knowledge in the northern Mississippi market. Open seven days a week. Stop by and see Alan Jackson and the gang Monday through Friday from 11 a.m. until 8 p.m., Friday and Saturday from 11 a.m. until 9 p.m., and on Sundays from noon until 5. At Jackson Beer Company, we help you handcraft your next event. Whether it's a wedding, Greek event, office party, fundraiser, or other special special event, we offer discounts when you purchase in bulk. At Jackson Beer Company, it is our vision to provide Oxford and Northern Mississippi with handcrafted customer service and superior beer knowledge. We offer 10 different local and limited release beers on our growler station, so you will be able to enjoy draft beer at your home or at your next event. That's Jackson Beer Company, located at 1801 West Jackson Avenue, just off the Ole Miss campus in Oxford. Stop by and see them or give them a call today at 662-638- 3642. Jackson Beer Company is a proud supporter of Ole Miss Athletics. Have you been most surprised maybe with Blake in terms of how loud he's been vocally as a leader, as a true freshman on the floor, in practices? We always hear about Brian Tyree being the loudest voice in the room, and everyone knows because of TD's stature as a player, he's a leader, if not even by default. And then Devontae Shuler has started to take on a leadership role, if only by example. Yet Blake is constantly involved, whether he's on the bench or on the floor playing. He's loud. He's engaged. Has that been somewhat of a surprise, or did y'all know that that was the type of player you were getting when you signed him and were pursuing him so heavily uh, during his recruitment process? Yeah, we, we 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 hoped he would. You know, you just never know with freshmen sometimes. You know how confident they are when they get in here. Uh, you know, can they handle kind of all the the, the demands that go on of being a freshman that's going to play? You know, early. Uh, but he had some things in place before he came. I think that really helped him. His dad was was a coach, and so he'd been around. Um, you know, a high level of basketball and being coach's son. I think this helped him. He was at a really good program at, at Sunrise Christian that travels and plays you know, some of the best teams in high school. So, you know, he's been more apt to play against great competition than maybe some other guys and even AUIs and great organization play with down the floor. So he, he had been around it. And, and, and a lot of it just, I think, individually, he's just a really confident kid. And I would say, you know, his visit, you know, you you could get that sense that he was a kid that, that, that more than most young guys was confident who he was and confident his ability. And uh, he plays that way on the floor. And we've needed it. And so it's been... You know, some we hope for and been a, been a welcome uh, to our program, you know, the way he handles himself, you know, on and off the court. Where are the areas of improvement? One thing that Kermit has specified is post-defense or post-production in general. Bruce and Dom both bring different things to the floor when they play and have complemented them, uh, each other pretty well. Um, yet defensively, there are still areas in, for improvement there. Defensively, it feels like, at least from the layman's point of view, that uh, Ole Miss is much improved, is playing well defensively, and yet still hovering around, I think, the 100s in defensive efficiency. Where where could Ole Miss improve? And, and where can uh, a Dom or a Bruce come on to allow Ole Miss to better position itself to have success in the SEC schedule? Yeah, I think it's an area that you know, we, we're constantly trying to uh, continue to work at and be better at, You know, just, just especially uh, around that paint area. Uh, I think we'll see more. 
guys inside, you know, hadn't seen as many posts. They, they can just throw the ball into and score. You know, the game is, is, is the way it's played is a little different now. You don't have that uh, as much. Um, but, but obviously size will play in the league is, is greater than we've seen um, so far in non-league play. And so just being able to really protect the rim, even whether it's just on drives. And so for Dom and Bruce and, you know, even other guys who are sometimes in those positions where they can really challenge at the rim, make guys have to make tough uh, twos and, and be rim protectors. And so, because giving up easy baskets just 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 hurts you on, on the defensive end. And I think the other thing, which we've gotten better at, we've got to really be a great rebounding team. Uh, may not have an individual guy that'll, you know, average seven, eight, nine, ten, but as a group, as a team, as as, as five guys, we've got to be in this league. Uh, where people will make you pay uh, to give them too many opportunities to score. So th- those are the two things and emphasis for us and taking care of the basketball offensively. But if we can really get sound and we, we've made improvement in those areas, you know, as the season going on, it's kind of been our focus uh, since we got back from the break. Uh, I think we'll give ourselves a lot of chances to, to be right, be right there in the last three, three or four minutes of games and then come down to stops, you know, going back to what you said. So uh, we were constantly trying to work on it. I think we've gotten better and we still got room to grow. You mentioned rebounding. Guards rebounding is so important for a Kermit Davis team, and Devontae Shuler has embraced that. TD has shown to be a capable rebounder. I think leads Ole Miss in rebounding right now. Brian's added a little bit of that to his game. But for a Devontae Shuler, uh, who is playing a new position, really, for the first time in his career as a point guard, to be the team leader in minutes, to contribute the way he has – uh, what's unlocked him? What's allowed him to play more freely? Is it the freedom of having the ball and beating the lead guy when coming down the floor? What's really unlocked Devontae Shuler's game? Uh, I think, you know, a lot of it is is, is just he's put it on himself to, to, to be, be a true all-around basketball player. Uh, you know, I think, you know, in past, even in high school, he thought it was just as a score. Uh, we tried to really get him, hey, if you want to play at your best and play – you know, at the highest level, you've got to be able to do everything. And uh, I think one thing, you know, defensively, sometimes maybe not getting noticed as much, but he's a tremendous defender on and off the ball. You know, we watched film this morning of our game against Florida Gulf Coast, and he made a lot of plays that don't show up on the stat, stat sheet, just, you know, helping and covering on defense or, you know, being right there where he should be in different uh, assignments uh, defensively. And so he gives us uh, a great, you know, as a point guard, you know, initiating the ball pressure on other guys and so he, he gives us a great presence defensively which I think has helped us and helped him and offensively again you know, I think he, he's bought in and really wanted to be a point and we, we we tried to help him understand the nuances of running a team and, and, and uh, you know learn how to read coverages and he's really embraced it I think it's something that he's wanted to do and now he's been able to do it been asked to do it uh, he's taken on that responsibility uh, with, with great enthusiasm and so we need him to continue to play well the rest of the way, you know, when we start league play. What are the nuances to what play are nuances? guard? Yeah, what are, what, if, you know, if, yeah, if a basketball like, fan didn't know what nuances for. Yeah, you, you, know, kind of, you, you can kind of equate it to a great quarterback. You know, like, you know, when, when coaches call different sets, uh, obviously you got to make sure guys are in the right position, you know, when you start. But more so, as, you're, as, as we're, you know, doing, uh, calling different sets or different plays, what are you reading? You know, uh, where should the ball go? Little nuances like, okay, Brian scored two, uh, you know, two, had two open shots or made two open threes. Can we just find him? Can you be good enough at the point to try to find him next time? Uh, you know, just, just again, defensively, 
getting us in our sets, whether it's 13 or, or, or one, three, one zone or getting us communicated, being more communicative. Uh, uh, so, so it's kind of that thinking where you, you're an extension of the head coach as a point guard and you can help run a team on the floor. Uh, you know, obviously defensively, you know, you, you kind of the point of, of attack right there. Cause you, you, the ball pressure you're going to put on the other uh, guys, you know, point guards uh, as they, you know, initiate offense themselves. So a lot of little things that maybe like I said, sometimes don't get, measured or get stacked uh statistic wise that he he's really really kind of bought into um in a tremendous way and uh if he keeps playing the way he has i think we have a great chance to have success in the league well i'd be remiss and this is the last thing uh, if i didn't ask you about recruiting you play such an integral role in recruiting for Ole Miss basketball what's it like recruiting for Ole Miss right now at 10 and 2 with a lot of program momentum than maybe when you first arrive. I know that with a new coach, there's always momentum, but is there a difference between recruiting to Ole Miss now compared to when you first arrived? Yeah, it is. I mean, when you win, obviously, the more it helps. Uh, and I, I think, too, now as you're talking to uh, the focus has been on, you know, younger class, and so we still maybe have to finish up 19 with a few more uh, guys, but you, you can start giving them some, some proof in terms of what, what, what you're telling them. And I think that's always important. You know, you, you get here and you kind of have to sell a vision and you hope guys will buy into a vision because they haven't seen it maybe done here uh, specifically. And so now as you're having some success, you can point to uh, the success you're having. You can point to success individual guys are having uh, that may play, a, you know, that particular position. Uh, so all of those things uh, are tremendous in, in the recruiting trail. And so we, we're real, we're real excited about where we're at, um, you know, both in, you know, t- t- 2020 class uh, and then, you know, 2019, depending on how many guys, you know, we ultimately have to sign this spring. Uh, we feel really, really, really excited about the, guy, the guys that we signed and they're helping us recruit next guys too. You know, that's the other thing, you know, uh, people recognize that we, we signed a really good class coming in already uh, with the four guys that signed in November. So it's been on the upswing. We're, we're working at it every day. Coach Davis does a tremendous job as a head coach, uh, being at the forefront of it. And so um, hopefully we you know, continue to win, uh, continue to help us uh, going through through the spring recruiting period. Well, you mentioned when you first got here, as did Kermit, that Ole Miss presented the opportunity to recruit a different caliber of athlete on a more consistent basis. Are you seeing tangible proof of that now? Yeah, definitely. I mean, the guys that we've been able to get on campus, uh, yeah, like I said, again, going back to the guys that we signed, uh, we want to get some length and athleticism and, uh, and skill level to improve. And, and, and so we were, we were able to do that. We thought in a major way. And uh, the guys we've been able to get on campus, uh, you know, even for unofficial visits, even some juniors now, new rules, you can get those guys on official visits. So the guys that we, we've been able to get, you know, here, and that was the one thing that we, we, we noticed early on and we could, we could, we could kind of witness and, and testify to uh, once you get them to this place and, and get them, you know, on campus and the facilities and the people, uh, then, then, you know, it's, 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 you can sell it uh, and, and compare it to anybody else, uh, I think, you know, in, in the country. Uh, it has that type of appeal. And so, uh, you know, just with the reception we've gotten uh, and the interest level that we've gotten, we were confident that we'll better continue to attract, you know, high-level guys and, and, and guys that fit, you know, our program. He's Ronnie Hamilton, Ole Miss men's basketball assistant coach. I always feel like I learned something when I talk to you, my friend. I thank you for doing this, and uh, we'll catch up soon. Happy New Year. You've walked this path many times before. It's a chance to think, especially about your future. 
How will you turn your retirement dreams into reality? Will you have enough gold for your golden years? Your choices for building funds for retirement can be complicated. Fortunately, you have a friend in the community who can help you make the right decisions. That's your modern Woodman agent. Your agent is a skilled professional who will listen to your needs and desires and then work with you to create a plan that uses the right financial products to achieve your retirement goals. Build a lasting professional relationship with a trusted financial advisor. Hi, this is Thomas Chandler, your local Modern Woodman representative. Give me a call today at 662-296-0186. Let's make a difference together. Hotty toddy and go Rebs. Get in touch with your agent today. Modern Woodman of America. Touching lives, securing futures. That was Ole Miss men's basketball assistant coach Ronnie Hamilton. This has been Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. He's David Johnson at Rebels247. We'll be back later this week. Please make sure to subscribe, rate, review Talk of Champions in iTunes. And as a reminder, the library might look different. I will start to fill it back up. But the iTunes page, you're in the right place, even if you only see three or four shows right now. Talk of Champions, simply search it in iTunes. It'll pop up, and that is our page. And I will fill back up the library with some of the best interviews in Talk of Champions history. This show today in iTunes, also on SoundCloud, simply search Talk of Champions. Also on the Ole Miss Spirit, as always, omspirit.com and affiliate of 247 Sports. Thank you, David. Happy New Year. Don't shoot off your fingers with fireworks. Looking forward to a great 2019. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.